Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. We are very excited to welcome Sylvie Beljanski to our show this morning on WILK, the author of the new book, Winning the War on Cancer, the Epic Journey Towards a Natural Cure. Hi, Sylvie. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me this morning. It is our absolute pleasure because uh, your family's story is of uh, science and discovery, although some parts of it have been a little bit difficult, right? Uh, that's an uh, understatement <laughs> of the century, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, my, my, my father was a PhD in molecular biology at the Pasteur Institute in Paris, and he was one of the you know, pioneers in the research of cancer. He was one of the first scientists to look at environment as a cause and a solution uh, to cancer when everything you know, at the time was all about genetics and finding uh, genetic and uh, engineer drugs, uh, and he looked at nature for solutions, and uh, he really was at the forefront of what is known now as epidemiology, and he gave a scientific basis to uh, environmental medicine, but he, he really created a lot of uh, enemies during his uh, lifetime because uh, because that was not sitting well with the official line of thinking of the time. We, yeah, we, we, we hate to think, Sylvie, of medicine and treatment as big business. How does that play into the story of your dad? Well, uh, he developed some natural uh, products that, uh, you know, he tested and were, were very helpful to fight cancer. And uh, he got uh, num- the interest, he published everything, so he got the interest of a number of doctors back back in the 80s. And uh, in, uh, in 92, in France, uh, the former French president, François Mitterrand, was diagnosed, officially diagnosed, with advanced prostate cancer. Uh, at uh, the surgeon uh, did the surgery and found out that uh, the cancer had spread everywhere, and he said that the, the president would not be able to finish his second term. Uh, terms were seven years at the time in France, so he had still had five years to go, and the, the doctor said this said it's not going to happen. We should prepare for early elections. But it's a French story. So the, the, the Mitterrand had a mistress uh, who knew of a doctor who was had good results with my father's products. So that's how Mitterrand started to take the products. And uh, as we know, he was able to finish his second term. So that really changed the history of France. But after my, uh, Mitterrand finally passed, uh, passed away, uh, after the end of his second term, uh, there was a SWAT team uh, which was sent to um, 
destroy my father's laboratory. Uh, they went with uh, dogs, helicopters, machine guns, uh, they, um, and they destroyed everything. Uh, they, they really leveled the, the, the laboratory, and they arrested my father. They arrested my mother, who had been working for, for over 40 years in the lab with my father. They arrested scores of doctors, and they tried to, 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 dis, to, I mean, to make that absolutely disappear from, uh, from the face of Earth, like it never, never happened. I was a lawyer. I was working in a law firm at the time, uh, already in New York. And when I learned that, I, my first thing was, you know, how can I organize uh, my parents' legal defense? So uh, I, once, once I, I uh, accessed the legal file, I was stunned by what I found. Uh, I found that there was order to destroy every evidence. And that really startled me as, as a lawyer because evidence, I mean, justice is about conservation of evidence, not destruction of evidence. I said, this is really something wrong uh, here. I, I cannot let that uh, happen. Uh, that's why I decided to get more involved. And now we have a Beljansky Foundation here in New York, a non-for-profit, who is carrying on with, with the research uh, and making sure that, you know, that uh, this information, which can be life-saving, is doesn't disappear. Well, I, I'd like to know more about uh, the actual natural cures you're, you're looking at, Sylvie, because a lot of times we've known people who have undergone cancer treatment, and a lot of it seems very toxic, very poisonous. It seems that the treatment at, at points is more cruel than the disease can ever be. So what, what is the path that you're seeing that can be helpful? I, th I think it is important to, um, to look at molecules that are more natural, less toxic, and more selective. This is not my, just my, my idea or my father's idea. In 2004, there was a uh, Fortune magazine uh, had a complete issue about cancer, and the cover of the, the, there was a question, why are we losing the war on cancer, and how we can, can win it? And they say, there was the article 2004 was saying that we need absolutely to rethink the way we are addressing the disease. As of now, you know, everything is driven by intellectual property. Uh, only a synthetic molecule which is new can be patented and therefore give a return on investment. But that may be, you know, good for, for return on investment. Does it mean it's good for our health? So we, we have to look somewhere else. Where is it going really to help us? And research shows that there are natural molecules out there cannot be patented because they are natural, are not going to become big business because there is not enough of it, but they can make a difference. And they can work by themselves. They can work in synergy with chemotherapy, so people don't have to choose. And they can work even when chemotherapy stops 
working as fails the patient. So this is a vital information. Everything is published. Uh, the, the Belzhansky Foundation doesn't keep every, anything proprietary. Everything is on the website of uh, the Belzhansky Foundation at belzhansky.org. All those publications can be, can be downloaded. How are you being received by people in the medical community? I mean, is what you're saying actually being used in treatment right now? It is used by a number, I mean, those, those products are, are used by a number of uh, holistic doctors who are uh, looking to provide to the patient more than what is just given at the hospital, help them, you know, to, to succeed with their, with their treatment or to alleviate the side effects of, uh, of the chemotherapy. It is not uh, widely used in hospitals because, again, uh, it's not a drug and it's not a drug because it there is no way that something that cannot be patented will ever go the FDA route. I mean, there is not enough money for that, but it doesn't mean that it cannot make a difference for people. Okay. And what specifically are you talking about with, with some of these molecules? What are they and how would people who are listening today and might be interested, how would they be able to find what you're talking about? Well, uh, I mean, there are a number of uh, of, uh, plant extracts, natural plant extracts uh, that, you know, with with barbarian Latin names uh, that, um, I I mean, like Pau Pereira, Rovolfia, Vomitoria, there is a golden extract of uh, Ginkgo biloba. if people are interested in learning more about the extracts and uh, the story behind them and the research uh, associated with them, uh, I just have a book, uh, Winning the War on Cancer, uh, which just uh, came out. Uh, the subtitle is The Epic Journey Towards a Natural Cure, and uh, it's available on, on my website, winningthewaroncancer.com. Uh, it's going also to, going to be uh, available uh, starting May 5 on uh, Amazon. And there is the, the ent- I wanted to share the message. I wanted to give this information to as many people as possible. So that's why I, I wrote that book, to, to, so people have all the resources and all the information. You talked about some environmental factors in the beginning of the interview. And I, I'm also wondering, Sylvie, I mean, we, we know a lot of people do get diagnosed with cancer. Is there some some things that we can do to uh, avoid it in the first place? You did talk about environmental factors, but is there anything that we're doing that uh, makes us uh, somewhat predisposed to it? Well, we are living in a sea of, uh, of toxics. Uh, so really, it's really important to detoxify as much as possible. Uh, as, to a certain extent, our body is built with a detoxification system. Uh, it's our liver, our, our colon, our lungs. But uh, when it's too much, uh, too much uh, toxins to process, our body just giving up. What my father uh, really, uh, what's really started 
his research was studying the effect of environmental toxins on the, at the level of the DNA. And he discovered that there is a progressive and cumulative destabilization of the DNA uh, due to a lot of chemicals. And nowadays, uh, you find hundreds of chemicals in the blood of umbilical cords of babies. Babies nowadays are born with chemicals uh, in, in their blood in quantities, in quantities, and then when they grow up, uh, and they are, you know, subject to um, a lot of um, vaccinations that is uh, comes too fast and too early. Uh, on an immature, uh, immature uh, immune system, and they, they very often it's too much. It weakens them for, for life. Now the, we have a new, the new generation uh, as a lifespan, which is uh, less than uh, the older people, the baby boomers. That's a. Uh we're going the wrong way, basically. Now, Sylvie, how does um, how does diet play into this? Somebody asked the question: uh, If it's true that cancer cannot live without sugar, if you cut sugar out of your diet, does that uh, stop cancer or slow it down? It is absolutely to understand, yes, that there are a number of basic things. I mean, that in in our food, which are uh, induce, help induce and fuel cancer. I mean, sugar is definitely uh, one of them. Trans fats, the bad oils, the bad fat, which is, you know, very often associated to fast food, is also uh, prone to inflammation and cancer. Uh, there are, there are uh, I mean, it's really important to eat organic. Uh, 80% of antibiotics uh, are used by agri- for agriculture meaning to cattle and things like that. So we eat all those um, antibiotics. There is a lot also of spraying of pesticides on, uh, on vegetables. We think that we are eating our greens. Actually, it's very often you know, covered with glyphosate from Monsanto. We, we, all that, you know, is carcinogenic. We need, absolutely need to learn to read the labels and avoid all, all those bad stuff. Well, it sounds like a, a lot of what you talk about can be done, too. I mean, that that's the good part about it. And some of the things that you talked about come at uh, at a reduced cost or no cost or, or, or things like that. So it seems that if we, we start to become aware of this, that perhaps we can change it. Are you finding an awareness movement that is making real changes for people? I would like, you know, to leave a message of hope. There is things that we can do. We are not doomed. And yes, there is a simple approach that can be can be followed to about to uh, uh, avoid toxins, uh, remove the toxins that we have, and try to, you know, create a healthy lifestyle, which includes also the body-mind connection. Sylvie Beljanski, what an interesting speaker you are. I wish you well with uh, your foundation in New York City and Manhattan and, of course, 
with your book coming out, uh, Winning the War on Cancer, The Epic Journey Towards a Natural Cure. I hope that uh, people do listen to what you have to say and take it to heart. Thanks so much for doing the show today. We appreciate it. Thank you so much, and have a great day. You as well. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.